In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The best stories told all have an element of fear in them. I don't necessarily mean that they have to be horror stories or ghost stories, but that in almost all of the stories that we tell one another, there is an underlying theme of fear. And the best stories are those stories where a character faces their fear. They come face to face with it. Sometimes that means that means that despite their fear, they muster the courage to step out and to act. Sometimes that means that they find that maybe their fears are misplaced. Sometimes that means that they learn to live alongside of their fears without letting them control them. But all of the best stories, you can think about it, the movies, the books you read, the TV shows, all of the best stories have something to do with facing fear. After all, fear is one of the most profound of human experiences. I'm wondering if, if perhaps the story we hear today about Jesus' transfiguration is one of those stories that at its heart has to do with fear and what we do with it. You, have, you may have noticed today that despite being well into the green season, or what we call ordinary time in the church, the season after Pentecost, today the liturgical color is white. And that's because here in the middle of this long green season, we are celebrating a major feast day. The feast day of the transfiguration of our Lord, which happens every year. August 6th, every year, but it doesn't always happen on Sundays. In fact, normally it doesn't happen on Sundays. So it might surprise you to come to church and be celebrating a major feast day with the liturgical color of white. And, and just as our long green season is interrupted today by a moment of white, in our gospel story, Jesus' ordinary ministry is interrupted by a moment of transfiguration. Day by day, Jesus is exercising his ministry with his disciples, but in today's story, he pauses and takes three of his disciples, Peter, John, and James, up a mountain to pray. And while on that mountain, the Jesus they've come to know and love is suddenly changed before their eyes. They see him as they have never seen him before. He is bathed in a bright white light and accompanied by Moses and Elijah, two of Israel's greatest prophets. Peter's a bit puzzled and surprised by the moment, and in his puzzlement, he hurriedly offers to build a shelter or a dwelling, a tent for each of them. But just as he finishes speaking, a cloud descends upon them. A great voice speaks from the cloud, calling Jesus Son and the Chosen with the command to listen to him. 
And suddenly Moses, Elijah, and the cloud are gone. Jesus is back to his regular self and they journey down the mountain and back into their ordinary rhythm of life again. It's a story that reveals something about the nature of Jesus. It's a moment when God's presence is manifested in a special way. For Peter, John, and James, it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience when they catch a glimpse of who Jesus really is. Now, often when we talk about this story, if you can think back to when you've read it or talked about it, or maybe you've heard a sermon preached on it, often we talk about it as this amazing mountaintop experience, the kind of wonderful, life-changing experience that you just don't want to end. You want it to keep on going. In fact, Most of the time, we interpret Peter's sort of odd suggestion to set up shelters for Jesus and the two prophets as a signal of exactly that, that Peter wants to preserve this moment. He wants to set up camp and stay here. He's not ready to go back down the mountain. He wants it to last as long as possible, but alas, they have to go back down the mountain into their ordinary, everyday rhythms of life. But reading this passage again, I'm wondering if there's something else happening here. As amazing and powerful as this experience must have been for these three disciples, I'm wondering if perhaps it was a little more terrifying than we like to talk about. I'm wondering if perhaps it's a little more terrifying than it was enchanting. The passage says that Jesus' clothes became dazzling white. The word dazzling here in Greek is more like a flash of lightning. And then suddenly, two men appeared. A word jarring to us. A cloud overshadowed them, and the text says explicitly they were terrified. And they didn't speak a word of it for a long time to come. I'm wondering if Peter offered to build these three shelters, these dwellings, not because he wanted the experience to last, but because he kind of wanted it to end. Or at least he wanted to turn down that volume knob. I'm wondering if Peter was so overwhelmed and terrified by these three figures standing before him in glory like lightning that he wanted to tone it down, to contain it, to domesticate it, to control it, to hide it, rather than wanting to set up camp in the moment and stay there, perhaps Peter wanted to build three shelters to put some distance between him and this encounter. After all, he only offers to set up three shelters, one for Jesus and one for each of the prophets. He says nothing about setting up shelters for himself or the other two disciples. Maybe he doesn't want to stay there. Maybe Peter wants some distance from the moment. Which is exactly the response we see from Aaron and the Israelites in our first reading today, when Moses came down from the mountain with a face shining from the presence of God. 
And it's exactly the response we see throughout Scripture when people have these very real, startling encounters with the presence of God. Fear not, the angel says over and over again, because people are afraid. And yet, it was in what they feared that God's presence was manifested. It was in what they feared that God's presence was manifested. I wonder if there are things we fear that could actually be showing us God's presence. I wonder if there are places in our lives where we are trying to set up tents to contain or cover up that which we fear, but where God is trying to show us something, to teach us something, to reveal to us something. It's easy to notice God's presence in those experiences of profound beauty where we feel comforted and assured. But where in our lives are we missing God's presence? Because we are too busy avoiding trying to cover up that which we fear. This story is not only about the transfiguration of Jesus it is about the transfiguration of Peter's fear. It is a story in which Peter faces his fear and finds that he is facing God. And that is the invitation for us this morning. Every good story features a character who faces their fear, and this is a great story. What kind of story are we living? What things are we afraid of that God is inviting us to face? Where is God showing up in the midst of our fear? If we can be honest with ourselves and courageous enough to answer that question, if we can resist the temptation to hide that which we fear under tents or coverings, then we may just find God transfigured before us. Amen.